So what's new with you, Gunnar? Oh, David. I traveled to Boston this last week for some uh, internal meetings and sat down on the plane, whereupon I realized that I had made two grave errors. Can you guess what they were? Uh, You were on an American Airlines plane? Three grave errors. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Got a new one. Uh, Three grave errors. Middle seat? uh, Not that bad. Not catastrophic. All right. All right. I, uh, yes, I ended up on an American flight, which was co-shared with JetBlue. So shame mm-hmm. on me for not paying attention. Second was I had forgotten my AirPods. Oh. Which meant that I had no listening options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, third is that I forgot my iPad also. Oh, wow. So there I was slumming it, uh, like a, like an untrained animal sitting on this right. plane for four hours. Um, and so I had to amuse myself with my phone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, fortunately, many years ago, I had downloaded a kind of a sim, kind of a sim city, kind of a civilization mm-hmm. kind of a thing called Outlanders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I rediscovered this game and it's a, it's a bit of an engine building thing. So you have, you, uh, you have a community and you have a certain number of resources available and you have to kind of solve puzzles like, uh, okay, build five windmills and three taverns in 120 days or something like this. And you have to kind of quarry the rock and cut the forest down and make sure everybody's fed and have a place to live and all this, all these things. And uh, man, what a treat. What a, what a fun game. I occupied myself for four hours playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, because I would have thought it's like, oh, now now you got to like sit there and and then talk to the people next to you and be that like that guy, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you ever considered selling Amway? And uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So instead mm-hmm. of uh, using my fellow passengers as sources of entertainment, I decided to entertain myself uh, with this with this game that I can now strongly recommend again. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a great time. It was really good. Well, right, and even the like. I would having having um, earbuds with dead batteries is better than having no earbuds at all. True, that's right. That's because of the yeah. signaling value, right? Yeah, that's right. Not available. Yeah, yeah. somebody talks to you, you got to take your time. To, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. Nice. So didn't even have the didn't even have uh, sy- symbolic value of uh, of. Of, of earbuds just had to sit there with my naked ears yeah just jam some toilet paper in the, in your ears <laughs> or just Nobody come talk to you. And, and scream yeah <laughs> that would be other yeah uh how about you how was your week oh man i've been busy been busy uh so have, have you ever heard of obs or open broadcast studio I've heard of it. I've not actually played with it or uh, I wouldn't even know where to go to find more information to be honest yeah um it's like obsproject.org or something like that but mm-hmm. it super super interesting where it just imagine having this um these different screens that you could have and these cameras and you can merge them together you can crop your video you could do some really cool looking like like broadcast quality uh videos and i guess that's what all the youtube people use it's you know it's all open source and um just really amazing oh I see. So like a kind of a blender equivalent mm-hmm. for, for mixing video. Exactly. 
Yeah. So like, like, you know how you would have your like video and then you may have like, uh, like your name and a logo or, you know, like on the, on there to say, you know, who, who you are, whatever. And, uh, and then you can have things like fade in and swipe out and, and stuff like that. So it's really, really neat. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like, now I got to find a problem to solve with it. Um, but it's, it's, it seems really cool. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then um, speaking of other problems with my whole um, moving into the Apple ecosystem, um, one of the problems that I had was like docking windows to the left or right. And, you know, like like right now, I, I had the Google Docs on one half of the window and the Google Meet on the other side, two separate windows. And there really wasn't an easy way to do that on the Mac. Um, I found some janky ways to do it with some shortcuts, but didn't work really well, but I found a freeware open source tool called Rectangle that if you drag a window to a corner of your screen, it'll like go gray and then it'll to signal it's like, hey, you let go right now, it'll snap. Um, and it's like you could tile it, you could do three by three, um, all kind of fun things. Oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it's like a, it's a tiler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep, and then it also has the the hotkeys if you want. But I found though that the hotkeys are they don't you know there's always some web application or some other application that already claimed the hotkeys, mm-hmm. so it's really difficult to find the right combination without spraining your fingers of having like this you know strange you know shift alt you know control F one you know something like that <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. 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 And then the other problem I was having was, and you may have known this and fixed it a while ago, but like when you have, like, I love my Microsoft natural keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the keyboard mapping isn't, you know, it's like the control key and it's different from the Mac, right? Yeah. And right. yeah. So um, simple way to flip that around. It's It's actually easy to do. So you could identify your keyboard so I could select the Microsoft keyboard and then basically map the alt key to be the command key and then the um uh and and the control key to you know just to to flip things around and it, yeah. it works out really really well nice well that's great that's great yeah so you can make the like command key the windows key the alt key the opt key if you mm-hmm. want right right and yeah. and so that way it's like when you're developing that muscle memory and you're not looking down you don't have to because it, it, you know, I had to think. It's like, okay, which keyboard am I using mm-hmm. um, to do the, you know, Control C or Command C and all that? And yeah. so it's it's much uh, much it's all consistent now. So it's it's good. Very nice. And uh, and I'm sure you know this is no news to you, but I'm I'm super enjoying uh, the John uh, Le Carre uh, uh, books. So good. Oh. So good. Everyone. Yeah. 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 Give me a give me a dark, depressed, alcoholic, moderately competent spy any day of the week. It's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I've been just marching through the uh, Smiley series. Yeah, and it's just. Uh, yeah, it's just just so delightful. Um, yeah. and you know, East Germany. How can you go wrong with East Germany? You know, um, <laughs> as an as, adversary, as has often been said. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 A wonderful yeah. series, wonderful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got we got a fun uh, 
I, I would say uh, right up everybody's alley uh, for our usual demographic mm-hmm. uh, this week. We, we're going to be talking about police. We're going to be talking about criminals. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about uh, ISO 216. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. As we do. Mm-hmm. ISO, ISO 216, which is, mm-hmm. of course... Oh, it's it's the uh, paper standard uh, okay. for yes. European, uh, like, well, actually, it's used all around the world, except for, like, the United States, Canada, and, like, four countries in Latin America. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't wait to talk about that. I'm excited. About oh, that. yeah. Oh, th- you're going to love it. Um, but, yeah, so to uh, have everybody uh, get their, their full dose of uh, uh, ISO 216, uh, where should they go? Oh, they need to go to dgshow.org. That's a D as in Dave, G as in mm-hmm. Gunner, show.org. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and also uh, on the cutting room floor, very lean, uh, but very timely. Uh, there are, like, you know, and, and there's all the kerfuffles with Twitter and the verified uh, th- uh, things of it being on and off and all that. Um, there, You can actually buy, they're selling... Uh, um, Somebody is selling verified stickers. Uh How much? Um, You can get a whole sheet of them for eight bucks. (laughs) So you could verify anything you want. You just put the sticker on and it's verified. It's great. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, Yeah. And then um, the other thing is that if, uh, if you haven't been to Tumblr lately, Tumblr is uh, selling two blue internet check marks, two for seven 99. Nice. Not one for eight dollars. Not one for seven ninety nine. Two for seven ninety nine. That's right. That's the free market at work, right there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and and I shared this with you. I know you enjoyed it. Um, to have uh, there are two AI bots in an endless conversation, and it was uh, the um, uh, the let's see, it's German director Werner Herzog and Slovenian philosopher. Uh, Slavoj uh, Zizek, maybe? Sure. If I pronounce it right. Yeah. And uh, with, and it sounds like their voices, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's like, you could just put that on and just like forever and, and you just have them debate each other. And it's just such pleasant nonsense. It's great. It's just an, an, a savage indictment of both of those philosophers. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's like, and it, yeah, it goes on forever and it's like, it's good, good, good for them. Um, yeah. They live on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, so something that occurred to me, I, I saw an article about, um, so speaking of police, um, mm-hmm. uh, the NYPD, uh, did you know that they still don't encrypt their, uh, uh, police uh, radio signal. I, you know, I I saw this item and I dimly remember there being a scandal about the fact DHS back after September 11th paid a whole bunch of police departments to encrypt their. I, I think I'm telling the story right. Mm-hmm. The DHS funded a whole bunch of local police departments to encrypt their communications for kind of all the obvious reasons. Um, and for, I think it was more uh, inefficiency on the NYPD's part, but like NYPD hadn't, 
quite hadn't been able to figure out how to spend the money yet. And so they had, mm-hmm. so they were still in, in the clear. Mm-hmm. At least that's the story I remember. Yeah. And they, and you know, and I've heard stories too about like one encrypted radio set couldn't talk to another or it was. Yeah. Frequencies. yeah, yeah. Now, that was one of the problems too. Yeah. So, you know, DHS gave out a lot of money to help people modernize, but I was like, wow, they're not encrypting. But the funny thing is that there are a lot of critics like saying that having the police communications encrypted is like a bad thing, right? In terms of like the public oversight and being able to listen to what's going on Mm -hmm. and all that. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense, I guess. But there's, but like, does that mean that they shouldn't have encrypted email and everything else should be public record? And, and where do you draw that line? And to me, it seems like that the, the technology it's like more of a technology driven decision as opposed to uh, like what makes sense sort of decision. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so what's your take on this? Well, I feel like this is one of those things where it's really the, the, the idea that you could create some kind of moral clarity that would create a clear line on mm-hmm. whether this should be encrypted or not encrypted. It's very alluring, right? This idea that on principle, we should be keeping it encrypted or not encrypted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is one of those places in that in that in-between space um, because I'm not precisely sure what public benefit there is towards keeping it clear channel compared mm-hmm. to the relative risk of having it encrypted, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's lots of different ways of creating transparency, like body cams and stuff like that. All that mm-hmm. stuff's already in place. And so uh, people who an encrypted transmission would inconvenience include the criminals themselves, mm-hmm. reporters, mm-hmm. Uh, and I suppose possibly the uh, watchdogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, there's lots of other ways in which watchdogs do have access to uh, kind of tactical information about how the police work. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It kinda, I kind of don't know enough about the internal operations of the police to, to say one way or another. But again, I go back to this. I'm not sure if this is like a clear cut and dried kind of moral argument you could make. I think it's got to mm-hmm. be, it's kind of a, it seems like a very uh, circumstantial decision. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing I thought it was, it was kind of ironic where the, the whole going dark story is like exactly 180 degrees flipped around (laughs) that's true yes right right. yeah and yeah yeah, so the people are like that are like they want their encrypted communications but not the police and then you have the police that want their encrypted communications but not anybody else or they want to be able to at least have a back door to be able to see it um but i just found that to be really ironic yes yeah the counterfactual is is helpful yes i agree Yeah. yeah that's right yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then speaking of uh, criminals, um, so this is, uh, I saw this in Austin. Um, there are, if you, if you go to some parking meters in Austin, uh, there could be some QR codes on there mm-hmm. that um, take you to a uh, bogus uh, website and, and uh, can rip people off. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't this doesn't surprise me at all. And this is and this is the, the problem here is exacerbated by the fact that the city of Austin has been through, I think, two or three different official, quote unquote, official parking apps. Uh-huh. Um, and so people are already kind of unmoored and are just willing to follow whatever instructions they're given in mm-hmm. order to mm-hmm. 
keep from getting a ticket, right? Um, and so in an environment there where you're already in kind of a low trust environment, like, okay, well, I guess this QR code, it's as true mm -hmm. as anything else they're telling me. So might as well go mm -hmm. here and give them my money. Um, yeah, this makes total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what if, um, you know, and I know you're not a fan of QR codes on, on principle, but yeah. um, if you were to have your own QR code stickers to go around Austin, uh, you and Soren, uh, what what would you have the besides the dgshow.org website? What what plate would you send people to if if you were to have your own QR code sticker uh, at, on the parking meters? Yeah, I would probably go to uh, probably an EFF personal uh, privacy tutorial or uh, mm -hmm. maybe something from the Electronic Privacy Information Center, something like that. Mm -hmm. Nice, you know? nice. That would be yeah. my. That'd be my. Don't use QR codes. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, teach people a lesson. Yeah, but, no, and that's that's a thing too. It's like I, I didn't think of it until you mentioned it that people just getting fatigued by it. It's like, oh, now I got to load another app, so it's plausible, but it's also, um, you know, people are in a hurry, and it's it's one of those uh, security versus convenience sort of thing. And it's like it's fine. It's just a couple bucks in the parking meter. Yep. You know, people aren't thinking, weighing the risks and all that stuff. So it's just crazy. Yeah, that's right. Well, and a, and a, and a really, help, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Dave, uh, but it seems like every restaurant in in my city oh. has now transitioned over to QR codes instead of printed menus. Yeah, I hate that. I hate, hate it. it. Just on yeah. aesthetic grounds, I hate it. Right. Well, and, and uh, also, so there's that, which it's like when I go out to eat, I want to put the phone away. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to, it's like you're looking at the menu and all of a sudden you get some email that just totally ruins yeah. your dinner. Right. Or um, if, if you're, you know, the other part is the, the ones with the, uh, you know, and we were talking about chilies earlier, but um, chilies would have like the, the point of sale thing on the table with the bright flashing, yeah. you know, play this, Chris, this game. And it's, Oh, I hate that. You know, yeah. where it's like, instead of paying the server, it's like you could pay this little, you know, thing on your thing. And I, I actually turn it around. So it's like not flashing and strobing while I'm trying to eat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So I, yeah, I object to it. I, uh, the QR codes, I object on aesthetic grounds. I don't like looking at robot vomit while I'm eating. Mm -hmm. um, second is it reduces every restaurant to be like an automat, which I don't care yes. for. Right. Yep. Like yep. part of the, part of the experience of going out is going and talking to the server and having a good time and, uh, and uh, that personal interaction is actually part of your relationship with that restaurant. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to mediate it by my phone. And there's not a single person whose dining experience has been improved by trying to scroll through a PDF on their phone. Oh, that's terrible. It's terrible. No, and I, and I understand why the restaurants do it, right? Because it's like they're, they're with all the supply shortages, they can't afford to reprint the menus all the time and change the prices and, and all that. So they can have more of a living menu based upon what's available that that makes sense but still it's just frustrating yes that it's like not 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 enjoyable no it's yeah. not enjoyable no no yeah agree okay so uh let's uh, so i don't know if this is criminals or well i guess it is criminal and it's and and it is law enforcement but um have you ever heard of the university of northern new jersey mm, no i have lived i've lived uh, in and around Northern New Jersey, Dave, and I've never heard of the University of Northern New Jersey. Yes. So winds up, uh, 
it, there was years ago in the 2010s, there was a website, uh, you know, unnj.edu. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have programs for like bachelor's degree in computer science and master's degrees and things like that. You can sign it all up and everything. Uh, winds up that it was a front for ICE. uh-huh okay yeah totally fake university and if you look up the address on like google maps it's like a cul-de-sac where there's no number for that uh like i don't know if it's an industrial park or something but it's it's like there there is no building at that number like the number doesn't like exist in real life and so it winds up that, that what ice was doing was that they were using it to uh uh do law enforcement for people that were using they were abusing the visa system uh to extend their stays in the United States using education visas right and there were not only were they you know it's like hey let's let's go after those people but there were also there's like i guess there's a whole industry around it of like hey if i pay these people 8 grand or something they're going to make sure I get accepted into this college and all that. And um, so they were, they were using it uh, to, and you know, it's like, and there were actually, there were some other universities quote unquote that existed, but didn't exist, but, and they would take their money and, but there were no grades, no classes, no nothing, but they would take the money and say that that person's in school. Uh, So I was, I was going down the rabbit hole on that. And with uh, so it winds up, you could look up the unnj.edu website on the Wayback Machine and check it out. Um, there's a whole Wikipedia article on it, and, and and the other thing I did was I went to LinkedIn, where you could see where people went to school, and there were over 80 people that list uh, the University of Northern New Jersey as uh, being graduates of that school. Even now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's yep. great. Yep. So, how did this? So, uh, presumably, they, they, the presumably, ICE rolled up all of the ne'er do wells and and then uh, and then uh, promptly refunded everybody's money, right? Um. Well, uh, no, they went after the people. They went after the people that were giving them money too. And oh, I see. yeah, so it's like they, you know, they considered instead of them considering them as fraud victims, they mm-hmm. they considered them complicit, and. Yeah, so there was a lawsuit, and uh, so uh, I think ICE had to pay four hundred fifty thousand in legal fees, uh, but not admit to any wrongdoing um, to reimburse the the people that got caught up in this. So, and then if they, if they already had the visa, they could stay for I guess a little bit longer. But but for the people that didn't get their visa, uh, you know, through the process, they had to like start all over again. <laughs> Oh God, that's yeah. awful. That's awful. Yeah, but so, and I was thinking, it's like, what if if you were, uh, what what would be the the school mascot uh, for the UNNJ? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Schrodinger's cat. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fighting Schrodinger cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And and the other thing is, like, I, I really want to get, um, for for the people that want to get me this, like, you would think that this would be a great Etsy thing if they made University of Northern New Jersey, like, like uh, hoodies yeah. and 
sweatpants and yeah, yeah right. sweatshirts. Yeah. I can hang the I can hang the flag behind me on video conferences. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. that'd be great. Get get uh get a, like a football jersey for University of Northern New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. For the fighting cats. Yeah. 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 So good stuff. That's great. So let's let's talk about ISO two sixteen, which is why everybody's here right now. Yeah, um, please. Yeah. So are are you an eight and a half by eleven man, or, or are you for A four? No, no. Uh, I, well, I'm I do live in North America, and so uh, mm-hmm. whether I want to be or not, I'm an eight and a half by eleven man. Yeah. 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 And and so to me, it's like eight and a half by eleven. I like that aspect ratio a lot better. It's like the the A four is just little longer and skinnier than I would like. Um, but I found out there's a good reason why it's the shape it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so we could go through this. Uh, so it winds up that there's a ton of math that's behind um, the, so ISO 216 is the international standard for paper sizes for those that don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so there are some very fascinating facts about uh, the the standard. So there's like the A class, the B class, and the C class of paper, and, and there's more too. You can you can keep on going um, <laughs> as long as you do your geometric squares properly. Okay. However, um, the the interesting thing is it's all about the ratio, where the ratio of the height to width um, is one to the square uh, one to the square root of two. Oh, I see. Or with the height, but yeah, and it's like that seems pretty random, right? And so the but the unique thing about it is that if you take that form factor and you fold it in half, and you know along the the uh, you know along the short side, so the fold is the shortest side, right? Mm-hmm. Then you cut it in half. Instead of having one A four piece of paper, you now have two A5 pieces of paper that have the ratio of one to the square root of two. I see. So that would mean that A0 is four times four A4s. Yes. Yes, it would be, actually. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so, and you can keep slicing it down if you want or, or doubling it, right? So you get two A4s. And you you put them side by side, and you'll get an A three. You get two A threes, put them together, you get an A two. And you know, and so the interesting thing here is being metric and everything. The if you have an A zero, the area of a, a piece of A zero paper is one square meter. Okay. Beautiful. So Beautiful. again, you, so it's if if you uh, and you know again you cut A zero in half, you get two A ones. Right mm-hmm. down down the line. Okay, so a zero area of the square meter. So then you get uh, the B series. Okay, mm-hmm. the B series is uh, so like B one is the geometric mean of the adjacent sides of uh, a zero and a one. Yes, of course. Right. However, if the, so, fun fact. If the if you take a sheet of B zero, the shorter side of it is one meter long. <laughs> Not area; it's the length of the side. Yes, yes, 
Yes. Uh, this is, I, I hear you. You're like drooling. This is like, like <laughs> you're ordering some paper right now, some A4 paper. Okay. It gets better. Okay. So now you got, you got your A series, you got your B series. Now you got C series, which is the geometric means between A and B. Okay. And the C series is all, uh, so for instance, C2 is the geometric mean between B2 and A2. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you, so, so that means that C2 is bigger than A2 just slightly. Uh-huh. C2 is all about envelopes for the A series. Yes. Okay. Yes. So A2 is going to fit in an envelope that, like, like, a you know, uh, a manila envelope, right? Of you could take a uh, you could take a, a a piece of A4 paper, put it into a C4. You don't have to fold it. Don't get wrinkled. You're good to go. I love it. I love this so much. Yeah. Great. Now, okay, it's getting better. So not only did we talk about paper, right? Mm-hmm. But what about the line width of the pens that you're using? Oh, tell me more. Yeah. So to be consistent between like, let's say that you're, you're drawing a poster, right? On an A0, you're going to have a certain width of pen, right? But the A1 needs to be like a fraction of the size of it. So you, you have the um, proportional line width. Yes. Right. Of course. Yes. So there are actually uh, pens that you could buy that are designed for um, uh, that have specific widths that are mathematically correct um, that that scale by the square root of two, <laughs> so that whenever you draw on the pieces of paper and you go from like a zero to a four, yeah, you're you're using and you could you could use the right um, thickness of of pen and that line thickness is proportionally the same as it if you use the bigger pen on the a zero. And it's mathematically exact. It is sick. It is absolutely sick. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So you're you're like going to order all kind of pens and and uh, uh, paper and oh yeah, and... I'm converted. I'm I'm completely converted now. I'm going to all metric on on the, yeah. on the paper and the pens. This is great. This yeah. Is great. Yeah. I I knew it. It was like it reminded me of the you know, and I had to look it up. I think it was like in 2014. Uh, we had an episode where we were talking about uh, things fitting perfectly into other things. Yes. And, and I knew you were all wound up about it and I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is, this is for Gunner, this, this webpage. Um, so it's like, well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the attraction for me is. I recently went through uh, the absolute hell of trying to figure out the right size to envelope for, uh, for a, a thing that I had to mail. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you trip shop for envelopes lately, Dave, but um, business business envelopes, envelope small, short business security, all the, all these none of these things mean anything. It's mm-hmm. just it's the wild west out there. It is yeah. it is pandemonium. And the idea that I could take an A4 piece of paper and know that I could buy a C4 envelope or buy a uh, buy a C5 envelope and know that I could fold that piece of paper in half and have it uh, have it show fantastic. I want to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. 
Yes. Just very, very fulfilling. Extremely fulfilling. That's right. Oh, bringing order to the world. Yep. Oh, and and then for um, whenever you ask at the paper supply store, you want to ask for uh, ISO ninety one seventy five dash one. That those are the uh, the pen widths. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Or actually, it's ISO one twenty eight. Um, but um, ISO ninety one seventy five dash one is the specification. Okay. So make sure the guy at Staples will he he'll know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I need to is an, I need an ISO hoodie. Uh, yeah. Forget about the University of Northern New Jersey. I need a ISO. What would be the mascot for the ISO? Um. Hmm. Probably the 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 kilogram. You know the the, the, the <laughs> cube right. of the kilogram. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Just a cube. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. ISO kilograms. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, or an isosceles triangle, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Love it. All right. Well, if if people need to uh, study up more on this ISO standard, and and th- you can get a sticker, you can get a verified sticker and verify that it's A4 paper and put that sticker right on the paper. Um, <laughs> where where can you order all this stuff? Yeah, from a dgshow.org. Oh, that's D as in mm-hmm. Dave. G is in Gunner show.org. Nice. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks, Gunner. Glad, glad this was able to delight you. This is, I, I knew you would enjoy it. That's an absolute treat. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye.